Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the All Things SR podcast. Good morning, Leslie. How's everything going? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, all is relatively well in this small corner of uh, Pennsylvania. This little happy paradise that we live in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Our our happy little corner. Um, it's been as I as I've told you, I'm in my finals week. I'm in my second or third uh, week of finals. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what that means is no, I'm not pursuing an advanced degree. I am just working and living like I'm in finals week. So I'm up at mm-hmm. all crazy hours and I'm just attached to my laptop and you know, but it's yeah. it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's not you know, I like what I'm doing. It's just there's a whole lot of it <laughs> well you know what can i tell you yeah that, that, that that's what happens when you work <laughs> <laughs> this pumpkin, is true. One, pumpkin one's the rest of my english muffin <laughs> oh pumpkin little pumpers pumpkin's so cute no, and I'm, I'm so i'm laughing too because uh as you were uh Getting up, gearing everything up to uh, start the podcast, uh-huh. <laughs> and I were, you know, going back and forth in the chat room, and I said, "Oh, we're back in Pennsylvania this week," and she said, "Home of Rocky Balboa," and I said, "Yes," and I said, "Now, now I have the theme song in my head, and I'm kind of want to run up steps." Yeah, Pam, you're you're not too far from there. You can you can go. Climb the these. Uh, yeah, of the I'll, I'll, I didn't climb <laughs> them when I was eighteen. Help. I'm not going to climb them now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could actually get driven up to the top. I don't know if you guys know that, but you can. You can. You have to go behind there. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to go behind. And if you park in the parking lot, which is underground, mm-hmm. there's an elevator that takes you in, so that makes it even nicer. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who've never been to the Philadelphia Art Museum, it is a treasure trove. I mean, really, literally a treasure trove. It is. Yeah. Although Dr. Barnes never really liked the Philadelphia Art Museum because he didn't. He felt that they weren't showing the art in its proper form and showcase. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dr. That's Al- why he created his own collection. That's why he created his own collection. And he even, um, people like James A. Michener, he kept out. Mm-hmm. He was a very Well, you can do man. that when you have your own museum. He was a very <laughs> strange man. But in, in any case, I digress. So I want to say, I know that Mango's not on this morning, but I want to wish her a happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday to Mango. One of the... Many of the original muses of yes. SR um, wishing her all the tomato pie that she can enjoy today. Mm-hmm. Um, she is such a delightful person. If you haven't had a chance to meet her or interact with her, she's just, she's a really, really great lady. She's, she's a fun lady. And also uh, best wishes out to uh, Random Cran. She had yeah. some surgery done this week, so glad everything went well. 
I'm glad it went well, and I'm sending her positive vibes for healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, Anna has joined us. Good morning, and hi, Lori. And hey, Ashley and Black Lab Lady. We should congratulate Ashley as well. Mm -hmm. um, she got a new job this week. And that is good That's news. Congratulations, Ashley. Really excited so, for you. Yes. So all good things. All good things. All good things. I know the world is a little bit of a scary place right now and a little stressful. It is. But, but we got to take the time to appreciate the little things. And, and celebrate the good. Celebrate the good and share kindness where we can. Exactly. So, and Ashley says she starts Wednesday, which is great. That's awesome. That is awesome. So I was out back in her neck of the woods this past week. I had to go for my fosh nuts on Tuesday. Oh, uh -huh. very good. Yes. So. The fosh nuts for Fat Tuesday. I know I don't see Brenda on. She's probably still celebrating Mardi Gras. <laughs> She's recovering, maybe. Recovering, maybe, Yeah. <laughs> And, and our, our dear friend Annette uh, down in New Orleans, uh, I know mm -hmm. this has been an epic week for them. I had a colleague from work who was down there at, for the last, uh, she came back Sunday, um, and they just had a fantastic time. Oh, that's good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah, visiting family. I mean, that's, it's a little different when you're not there just doing the touristy crazy stuff. Um, it just is such a such a special time for the people um, in that region, especially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. And now we are uh, we are now in the season of Lent. Mm -hmm. It's a very special time uh, as, for SR as well. So we can yes. talk a little bit about that in the news. Yes, we do have some news. So. He wants to make sure that everyone knows that he's doing a giveaway on Instagram. Uh, uh, thanks to some generous readers, he's giving away several Passion Flix subscriptions. Uh, the giveaway is open internationally to those who are not currently subscribed. Uh, please follow his Instagram account at Celine Leonard. And along with Passion Flix's Instagram account and comment on the Instagram giveaway post in order to enter. In the chat, so just okay. to remind people, and uh, also he says uh, he wishes to send a blessed Lent to all those who are celebrating. He'll be posting some weekly reflections, likely on Sundays, from his reading of N.T. Wright's book *Surprised by Hope*, and he also included a link for that uh, if you're interested in picking it up and reading it along with him. He's also going to host a chat closer to Easter. So his plan right now is to post once a week his reflection and then around Easter do a chat. Um, he is also counting down the days until the release of Gabriel's Rapture Part 2 on March 24th. Oh my said, gosh. I've seen this 19 part. 19 days. I know. Oh he my says, gosh. I've seen this part and we know readers will enjoy it, although their television's might not survive the heat. <laughs> oh, our televisions have been on the brink before because of this uh, book oh, yeah. coming to film. Oh, yeah, many times. Oh, my gosh. And I, Passion Flix uh, pointed out that there will be having a trailer coming up fairly soon. 
So. They are knee-deep in the teasers that Passionistas are, are getting they their are. fill. I can tell you, they just released the first casting announcement for the long-awaited Jodie Ellen Malthus uh, book uh, adaptation mm -hmm. of This Man. If you haven't read it, I highly encourage it. It is a wild ride. And uh, Jodie has, as you all know, a very strong... Um, enthusiastic fandom and <laughs> I am one I am a part of it uh, mm -hmm. and um, they announced the character of Drew um, so now, it's is definitely... Drew the Lord of the Manor? Since Drew is not, not the, the Lord of the Manor Drew oh. is the, a, a dear friend um, of the Lord of the Manor okay and uh, yeah he is, a, he is a very interesting character in fact he has his own uh, book uh, that is a companion to the This Man series. Nice. Um, so yes, yes, it's uh, he's 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 quite the interesting character. Uh, he's very naughty. I can imagine. That. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. As as Jody uh, Jody's calls him Kinky Drew. Kinky Drew. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> that will. Uh, and, the, and the Lord of the Manor is Jesse. I was just told. So I yes, Jesse is the Lord of the Manor, <laughs> and. Um, Yes, as, as Lori wrote, <laughs> Jesse is Lord of the Manor. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really hopeful that they, like they did with the Protector, that they'll be able to do external shots in um, London, in the UK. I just rewatched the Protector. I believe it was the third anniversary of that film, if you can mm -hmm. believe it, in that long. Um, and I really appreciated how much of the city was kind of really brought in mm -hmm. um really beautifully shot i you know it, it reminded me of how they brought in beautiful the beautiful city of florence for gabriel um and they were just, lucky and they were lucky enough to to post pictures of that too oh my nice. gosh i know just it, it just is um it's a treat because it does kind of allow us to take our take a little vacation with uh, as we as we lose ourselves in the story. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's really cool. So the fact that it's less than three weeks till oh my gosh, till Gabriel's Rapture Part Two. I, I know. I can't I know. wrap my brain around it, friends. I just can't. So Marlene was saying to me, I told her mentioned something about the trailer coming out and she's like well i'm not worried about the trailer when am i when am i going to see the movie <laughs> <laughs> i kind of don't want to see the trailer because i don't want to have any any you know i don't want to see anything else around the movie but mm -hmm. i'm i'm sure i'll watch it there's no way i won't be able to watch it I, and we all know what happens, right? <laughs> right, we do. And also, as Ashley just pointed out, yes. Outlander starts tomorrow night. Yes. It's been a very long Droughtlander. It has been a long Droughtlander. And I, I, I wish I wasn't working so much because I would have loved to have caught all of the snippets of Katrina and Sam making the circuit um, on the talk shows. I saw on Good Morning America three the midday news show they had he was on yesterday and mm -hmm. 
uh, just talking about what a great season uh, it's going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I believe he said the first episode is the length of a full length. I think it, it's like 90 to 100 minutes. So I, I heard that, and mm -hmm. uh, I also heard that they um, had to, that they don't have as many episodes, but they did, you know, elongate Longer. one or two. Yeah. Uh -huh. So He said that it. because... Um, it was it was so cute. If you um, check out that clip, um, I'm forgetting the anchor who was doing one of the anchors who was doing the interviews, but she was a huge fan, and it was so funny because she was trying to be professional and not fangirl all over Sam Hewen, but she she couldn't help <laughs> you herself. You can't help yourself funny. with that. No. Come on, it's Sam. It's Sam. Is right. Such a great actor. Yep, Ashley so notes cute. it's eight episodes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then also for Jamie Dornan fans, The Tourist is out on HBO Max. Yes, I saw. I saw that was going to be our, our Our friends in other parts of the world and in um, Australia have gotten to see it earlier than we did. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Uh -huh. Nice. I didn't even, I hadn't even realized he had another project coming out and it popped mm -hmm. up on one of the news feeds I had and I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that he has another, he's, he's really doing a lot of work, which yes, is great. He, is. He, is. he was promoting on Jimmy Kimmel live this mm -hmm. week for the tourist and, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel's like asking about, now about his Irishness and because he was talking <laughs> a little Belfast as well. And he said something to the extent of Jimmy Kimmel's as well. What do you do? What do you do for St. Patty's Day? And <laughs> he says, and I understand it's not. I don't pronounce it correctly, and I don't spell it correctly. It's not supposed <laughs> to be P A T T Y. He says no, it's P A D D Y because of the Irish pronunciation of the word Patrick is Padrick. Yes. P A D R A I G. And Katrina Balf said that earlier on mm -hmm. the show because that was mm -hmm. the one clip I saw of her. Um, and they talked about corned beef too. So hey, Monica. Monica. Monica, stop by. Good afternoon. Oh I'm my so gosh, what a great in. treat! Hello. So yeah, so I yeah, and and they were you know, Irish Americans all think that for St. Patrick's Day you must have corned beef, and they don't have corned beef in Ireland. It's not even an Irish food. Right. So, right, anyway. Katrina Balf. Even it, 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 that was a bit. You can look. You can find it online. Um, she's like, I never even had corned beef, and Jimmy Fallon was, or I mean Jimmy Kimmel was like, uh, in disbelief. He's yeah. like, I love corned beef. We're not friends. And they, <laughs> they they had this whole back and forth, and then subsequently he's apparently sent her a huge order of corned beef sandwiches after the fact. And um, there was a clip on her on social media trying it, and she actually liked it. So it was very, very funny. Yes, Lori, I did. She, Lori said, did you see the sandwich he made? Yes, the uh, ham and mayonnaise and tato cheese onion chips. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Funny. Yes. yes. So, yes. So it's, it's very exciting to see some of our, our favorites out and about um, promoting uh, upcoming projects. And uh, I just can't believe we're so close mm -hmm. to having part two of Gabriel's 
I know. Rapture out. I don't. I know. Well, I I am actually going to see the Batman today. Oh, my gosh, that's out too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Anna notes that he talked about the canned uh, crap, as he called it. It was basically spam. So. <laughs> Anyway. She said she'd make Jamie a good brisket. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I, you, <clears throat> I, you know, you go into Jewish delis and you get a very good corned beef sandwich. And I grew up with what they called a corned beef special, which is corn corned beef on rye bread with uh, Russian dressing and coleslaw. And the corned beef is usually cold. And in New York, when I lived there, when you'd go in and ask for a corned beef special, they looked at you as if you had 10 heads. So you had you learned to eat hot corned beef on rye bread with mustard. <laughs> so anyhow, so yes, we You're had making a me hungry now, ladies. Mm -hmm. So yes, Jamie made a potato smashy. So. Now that we've covered St. Patrick's Day, Easter's coming up. That's a good one. Um, Thanksgiving is after that, both Canadian and American. And then we, we, that brings us to Christmas Eve. And that's exactly where we begin mm -hmm. our book discussion this week. Mm -hmm. Chapter 50. Can you believe it? We are 50 chapters in. I know. Mm, Lori likes a Reuben. So do I, Lori. I love a Reuben. I love a Rachel, too, with the chicken or with the turkey. But um, I love the Reuben. Mm. So no, we're back no. at Christmas Eve because I'm sure Gabriel hasn't had a Reuben. But he well, has. I, I'm sorry. Reuben's <laughs> disgust me because I don't like sauerkraut. Uh, I anything love or anytime. That's what makes that's what no, makes the uh, Reuben the gross. Reuben. No, no. And sauerkraut is good for you. No, it's very no, healthy no, for your. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Pam, no. on this point, we can agree to disagree. Oh, I actually did not like sauerkraut growing up. Grossest but thing I love I've ever it had in my life. <laughs> you might not have had good sauerkraut. Oh, there is gross. such a thing. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Ashley's saying uh, chapter 50 Christmas Eve in March. Yes. yes. And Anna's saying her favorite is a Reuben. I'm with Anna. And Ashley's Ashley. saying I don't like a Reuben either. She's with you, Pam. Ashley and Lori loves Knight. sauerkraut. No. There's a rift in the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> the Reuben versus non Reuben uh, fans. It's like sauerkraut on a hot dog. <sighs> Oh, it's the best way. No, See, you no, can get away no, with eating no, a hot dog no, if you have the sauerkraut, because no, the sauerkraut's the healthy part of the hot I'll dog. I'll take onions. <laughs> well, that's true. Oh, my gosh. No, Pam. So, anyway. That's hilarious. Now I know what I won't make you next time we're together. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> Elena says, it's okay, ladies. I love both versions. Pam's is a favorite, but I also love the Reuben. Yes, I, I kind of love everything, too to be honest with you. Um, and sauerkraut is something that I grew into. I did not like it when I was a kid. I avoided it like the plague when I was a kid. Um, I, I Ashley said, well, only sauerkraut, only sauerkraut with mashed potatoes and pork, LOL. Not even, not even. 
not even. Yeah, sauerkraut with the mashed potatoes. Mm. Yeah, mashed potatoes. Good morning. Oh, I'm sure Ellie wants to hear about sauerkraut at six in the morning. Yeah, I know. Good morning, Ellie. <laughs> Hi, Floor. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> We've evolved into a, a discussion. Yes, it is good for your gut biome, sauerkraut is. Yes, Lori, it's healthy for you. And Anna, that does sound good. Corned beef and mm. uh, vinegar slaw and french fries on thick Italian bread. That would be fun. That is, I have had that sandwich, Anna. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. So if you're wondering, for those who just joined us, why we're talking about sauerkraut <laughs> at 9.22 Eastern time, um, food New made. York time, this kind of evolved or devolved from a discussion uh, <laughs> that started about premieres and started about what's coming out and Outlanders uh, launching on Sunday. And we were talking about the talk show circuits and Katrina Balf was on talk shows. Sam's been on talk shows. Jamie Dornan's promoting his new picture called The Tourist. And um, I know Katrina and Jamie both, or yes, Katrina and Jamie both had um, discussions with Jimmy Kimmel about corned beef and St. Patrick's Day. And that's where this has evolved to yes. uh, get talking about the Rubens. So just, just to recap, <laughs> Ellie is uh, on Pam's side, uh, mm -hmm. team no sauerkraut. And uh, Floor loves sauerkraut. She's with us. Add a fried egg over, oh, to go over the top on that sandwich. They do that at Promani's. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Now I'm super hungry. Now. Now Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll dig into my brownie brittle. Okay. So speaking of digging in, mm -hmm. now that we've had our little sojourn through uh, the, the sauerkraut uh, series. Sojourn. <laughs> our sauerkraut sojourn. Um, it sounds like a German tourist trip, doesn't it? Um, it does. I'm ready to take that tour. We're back, though, in Sealands Grove. It's Christmas Eve. And Gabriel's sitting in an armchair in the master suite. And you can envision this. Um, we've seen the house in Sealands Grove. Mm -hmm. You can kind of picture this as the setting unfolds. The room is very dark, except the blue glow of his laptop and the nightlight that projected little pink stars above Sweet Claire's bed, which I think is so cute. Isn't that cute? By the way, Pam, Betty's, yes. on, the, Betty's on Team Sauerkraut, just saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Betty. <laughs> so Julia was sleeping soundly now. All the exhaustion had finally caught up with her. These were the two people he loved most in the world, he, however, was having difficulty sleeping while his, you know, while his baby girl and his beloved were resting. Julia from sheer exhaustion, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm um, sure it all hit her at one time. Yeah. And I just know that he, he's just, he's beyond and he's so worried and he can't sleep. He's processing all of this. Mm -hmm. Kurt, Nicholas's contact, had given Simon the message, clear concise and persuasive message from Kurt to Simon. And Kurt was fairly certain that Simon wouldn't bother them again. I wonder if, um, if, if I wonder if uh, Simon had blood coming from his urine. <laughs> I'm wondering too, because Kurt really did rough uh -huh. him up a bit. Um, but Kurt, you know, was going to continue watching, um, which I think would have made Gabriel feel very, much more confident having another set of eyes directly on Simon 
in Switzerland. So Nicholas had surveyed the inventory that the Emerson sent. He agreed with their assessment that the Cezanne and the Thompson would likely attract attention for art buyers. And Gabriel began to think that the art heist was more common in private homes than he actually thought, which makes me, you know, I, when I read that, I was like, you know, that's probably true. Like if you mm -hmm. are known to have some valuable artwork in your home, you could be targeted. And mm -hmm. um, I think that was kind of one of the things that was going through his, his head. And um, reading the chat, Ashley noted, I think too much. I can't sleep either sometimes, Gabriel. Mm -hmm. And Betty's saying, poor Gabriel. He must be under a lot of stress. And she says, so I assume this means Gabriel doesn't own a single Bob Ross painting. Probably not. Probably <laughs> I don't believe not. Bob Ross was in the inventory sent to Nicholas. Um, no, no. Um, so. Which, by the we, way, he has his own channel now. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't realize that. Yes. That Every, makes sense. Yep. It's on Sling TV. It's called The Bob Ross Show. I bet that gets good ratings, too. He is such an icon. Betty's saying, no happy trees? No, not in, not in, uh, not in Gabriel's house. <laughs> Lori says, I'm not sure, but I bet a Bob Ross is worth more than my artwork. <laughs> I can guarantee it's more than mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Talk about a, a, another cultural phenomena, right? Mm -hmm. He. That, and I think the resurgence is so interesting. I think it's uh, because of his calming voice and his, uh, you know, he's very, he's very mellow. You know, yes. He's very much a distressor. Yes. I, I believe there is actually a, a school in Florida that is like, that teaches his style. It's, it, I think there's a Bob Ross sanctioned I, th class. I think yeah I thought I, I, I know heard that an there, interview someone was talking about that and there's somebody in Virginia that does like all that has all his artwork and mm. you know all that kind of stuff so oh and Ashley that's interesting I hadn't heard about this she said check out the Bob Ross documentary on Netflix it's an eye-opener oh I have to check it out yeah and and Betty also wondered if Gabriel would ever try to follow Bob Ross painting tutorial I would think probably not. Although yeah. Julia may try to get him to do it to calm down, which would kind of be a funny. There, yeah. There's a fanfic. There's a there's a there's a fiction opportunity for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe we need to let Sr know that that could be a possible outtake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he could write that. Um, can you imagine Sr writing that scene? That would be hilarious. Although I was in a Blick art store yesterday. And, Were you? Uh, I was took Phil to buy some canvases and cause he doesn't, he doesn't want to buy the role of um, canvas anymore where he would stretch his own because I'm 98 years old. I'm not going to, this will outlive me. So we buy pre-stretched canvases. And um, while I was there helping him out, they had a, a rack of socks <laughs> and, and a couple pairs of the socks were Bob Ross socks. I love it. Betty was saying maybe Julia was watching Bob Ross and that's why she fell asleep. 
too. And she said she would probably fall asleep listening to Paul. I knew you'd get him in there soon. soon Betty, enough. I expected it earlier this time, though. I thought you were going to interject how you're excited to see Paul in part two, because he's going to be featured in it quite a bit. I think so. Um, and she said she would probably fall asleep listening to Paul read anything with his soothing voice. <laughs> and, and Lori countered, Betty, you would not sleep around Paul. That's true. <laughs> Good point, Betty said. Yes. Good point. Yes. And thank you, Betty, or thank you, Betty, always, but thank you, Ashley, for putting the name of the Bob Ross documentary in. It's called Happy Accidents, Betrayal, Betrayal and Greed. And greed. Is that's the Netflix film. That would be interesting to check out. Absolutely. And yes, Betty is ready for Paul's takeover of part two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were born ready for that, Betty. So let's go back to the chapter. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked about the the art and the listing, uh, the inventory they had, you know, Gabriel kind of realizing, yeah, you know, you can, if you have some investment in art, you, you can become a target for thieves. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's something you don't really think about if you're enthusiastic about something and, you know, you just wanted to bring art into your home because you appreciate it and you enjoy the beauty of it. So I, re I remember asked? just a side side note. I remember mm -hmm. my my dad's sister, my aunt Kay, uh, when she was doing selling real estate back in the seventies and early eighties. She had someone, a buyer of that she sold a condominium to, come in with a small Rembrandt and gave it to her. Ah. Oh. And then she found out it was part of um some, uh. Jewish homes that were ransacked by the Nazis. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. And and she 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 got it back to whoever the organization was that was repatriating the art with the owners. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing! Mm -hmm. Wow, can you imagine how that family must have felt when they got the artwork back? It's I know. It's like can you imagine you know, having it, it a tagged, Rembrandt it in your hand? Nicholas's family's you know feeling of loss of of things being taken and then mm -hmm. wow that's yeah. remarkable really really just remarkable. to even have it on your hand and you're in your hands hanging on a wall in your house not realizing the prov provenance of it and then once you find out then giving it back so anyhow. yeah wow mm -hmm. so yes so um as I, we're going into our first question for SR for this week, and before I read that, mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to note that <laughs> Ashley notes that Paul will rise for you, just for just you, for Betty, you. in part <laughs> two. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is true. This is true. James knows he needs to bring the performance. He does. After meeting Betty, he does know that. So James I is well aware who Paul's number one fan is. Mm -hmm. There is, that is, uh, <laughs> and that there is a huge Paul fandom. He is very aware of that, and yes. he is very appreciative of the fact that so many people love his character. So I think that's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So we asked SR, um, you know, being back in Sealand Grove this week, have you ever visited Sealand's Grove or Susquehanna University? And I was very excited that we got an answer to this question because I've kind of asked him a little bit about Sealand's Grove before, and usually we get the winky face. Oh, yeah. 
as Pam knows, because um, I'm I'm only 45 minutes from Sealands Grove. I'm not very far. It's it's literally driving Just up right the road, up 1115 up the river. <laughs> yes. Follow the Susquehanna River north That's from right. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and you will stumble upon the sweet little town of Sealands Grove. So SR responded, yes, I've been to Sealands Grove and I liked it very much. It reminded me of Ontario, to be honest. While I like large cities, I am also taken by the subtle beauty of smaller cities and towns. I wanted to put Gabriel and Julianne in the kind of setting and Sealands Grove was a perfect fit. Also, as you know, Pennsylvania is known for its apple orchards as well as its sylvans. <laughs> which, could, which could go either way as far as foxes mm-hmm. or part of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I think he was referring to the mighty fox oh, personally. I did put the question in the chat box because I just thought it was a sweet way he responded. And again, it gives us a little more insight as to kind of the settings, why he chose the settings. Um, and I, I just, I love that. Yeah, especially a small town in Pennsylvania for a person from Ontario. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think, though, you know, as we drove around out to the out, you know, outside when mm-hmm. we were as we're still looking Canadian, for that apple orchard. As we, well, I was even saying when we were going up to Toronto mm-hmm. and we went to Niagara for that book festival, Pam, mm-hmm. and then we were driving, mm-hmm. you know, to Niagara on the lake and driving oh, around. Yeah. I can understand some of those little small towns. You do have that feel. You do, um, and and you know, it's I, when he responded. You sent me the response yesterday, and I responded mm-hmm. back to him. I can see where it would be because my um, husband, when he grew, lived in, in Canada, the, his parents would have a little summer cottage up in the cottage area of Ontario, which is mm-hmm. near one of the many lakes. And, um, you know, they you, you get the old pictures. He didn't have the pictures. His sister had the pictures. And I'm going through these pictures and, you know, just very... You could you could see uh, the the trees and the the hills and all that kind of stuff. Like even around where my sister is, you could transport that into Ontario, or any of those little places from Ontario into into here. So it was cool. It it's really lovely. And Ashley's saying, Yahoo! Thank you, Pennsylvania, for your apples. And we have, um, we have a Gabriel's Inferno, and she said the setting is one of the reasons I love this book because it's close to home. And, and lives, the Susquehanna. Um, mm-hmm. Don't forget the Susquehanna. The head, it starts in Lake Otsego, New York. Cooperstown, New York. Cooperstown. That's right. And works all the, the way down the to the Chesapeake. I have just, uh, just in case you needed that bit of trivia for any reason. And you can thank James A. Mitchner for that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually knew that because I've been to Cooperstown, as I know you have many times, Pam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it somewhere I, when I was reading about the lake, it noted that it was the source of the river. And I was very mm-hmm. excited because the river has been a part of my life um, mm-hmm. since I live here in Harrisburg. It's, it's a really beautiful setting. Flora says, I love the setting, too. Would love to see an actual apple orchard one day. Come on up, Flora. Come up. 
Now, we were trying to find the orchard in Sealands Grove. We were not successful. <laughs> no. We, we ended up on some dirt road, and we're like, I don't think this is it. <laughs> we were kind of afraid someone would come out with a shotgun yes. and uh, tell us And I out. see that Miss Annette is on. Hello. I know. I was going to say, speaking of shotguns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Annette, we were just talking about you and Brenda, and we were saying you probably were still recovering from uh, Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. So glad you could join us. We are in the midst of Chapter 50. Uh, Gabriel is up kind of worrying about his situation and reflecting. And we are in Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. We were just talking about Sealands Grove and the fact that it is Christmas Eve in Pennsylvania. And you can check. I think we talked about this before you jumped on. Uh, if you go up in the chat, you can see what um, we asked SR if he's ever visited Sealands Grove or Susquehanna University. And he said, yes, he has, and uh, which is very exciting because that means SR was, in, was within an hour's drive of me at some point. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had discussed the memento mori with his contact because he was going back and forth about what he's discussed with Nicholas. And Nicholas, um, you know, had told him about the inventory. He suggested doing this sketch. So the memento mori uh, had been a topic of discussion as well as the sketches of the perpetrator. Um, it went through the facial image software, but no, to no avail. They didn't come up with any possible suspects. And the memento mori was not appearing on any list either. You know, so Gabriel's uh, sitting up puzzling over this. You know, he's dealing with a professional art thief who had not yet been caught. And, you know, was it a he? Was, you know, or was he caught? You know, he doesn't know if this is someone who had gotten caught after he invaded their home. Mm-hmm. It was very puzzling for Gabriel, even more puzzling was the actual invasion of his home. This distracted him even more. And he was really, really having trouble with this um, and not being able to sleep because he's just trying to figure this all out. And it's been a really big source of distraction. Um, And he could not concentrate. He had not expected to work on his sage lectures over the holidays, um, but it left him, you know, he was having this trouble concentrating. And I, I actually think maybe he dove into his work on the lecture just to kind of avoid thinking about what else all, was going on, all the noise going on in his life with this inva- home invasion. So we asked SR. Did Nicholas now think that the break-in was perpetrated by an art thief, you know, because of, of those two pieces of valuable art? And SR says, I think Nicholas is keeping all theories open. But remember, his initial thought was that the break-in might be personal. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so, we, yeah, so, S, uh, so, SR, so, Gabriel, <laughs> Is you know he's got these got this par- these couple of paragraphs from the uh, uh, Paradiso and on his computer and they're kind of haunting to what he 
and I think he's trying to concentrate on what they're trying to say. And I'm not going to read the Italian because if I do, I'm going to butcher it. And, and I'll put it in the chat box though, so you, okay for our our Italian uh, right. our Italian readers. But the uh, the English translation is within that heaven which most his light receives was I and things beheld which is repeat nor knows nor can who from above descends because in drawing near to its desire our intellect engulfs itself so far that after it the memory cannot go and if you have to go back to the book it's in page 242 in the book yes so, i'll put the i'll put the citation in too okay um so dante wrote the first canto of paradiso imagining beatrice was by his side and gabriel's st struggling he was trying to pen a lecture and he's struggling with this so when Dante was scolded by Beatrice near the end of Purgatorio, the narrative shifted. While theology has sort of sculptured the entire divine comedy, he became more confrontational when presenting the purpose of humankind and the nature of God and his governance. In Purgatorio, Beatrice told Dante that his desire for her was supposed to lead him to the highest good. So at one point, the story was about romantic courtly love and became a story about the loved one should have for God. As the relationship transforms, so did the relationship between Dante and Beatrice. Or and, this is what Gabriel thought. And I think this is really interesting. I really went, you know, reading this, and this is what one of the things that I love about SR's work, right? Mm -hmm. It really... He's a great storyteller, mm -hmm. but he also really slips in all of these little uh, lessons and also a lot gives you a lot of food for thought regarding um, broader themes. And this, you know, being, uh, you know, reflections on on Dante and on the Divine Comedy and thinking about how how the story has evolved you know, or at least this is a perspective that is being shared through Gabriel, the professor's point of view, right? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think it's interesting. And here it is. The three-quarter time show. The three-quarter time show. <laughs> Just in time for Christmas Eve in Sealand's Grove. <sighs> the first Noel. I love it. Yes. And it's <laughs> and by coincidence... It is Claire's first Noel. <laughs> yes, it is. See, we we tried this. We we arranged for arranged that, that yes, <laughs> specifically for your enhancement of Chapter 50's discussion. Yes. Um, since baby Claire is sleeping soundly in the room. Yes, mm -hmm. Betty. The clock knows. Merry the clock Christmas. Does know. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year, and may all your wishes come true. So. I mean, so. So Dante knew that this historically and textually was supported in, in what he was writing. But he wondered how the audience in Scotland would respond. Gabriel thought this. Mm -hmm. And despite his cross-appointment to the Department of Religious Studies at Boston University, he was not a theo theologian. Uh, despite, you know, what people <laughs> may think. But, and unlike Dante... 
he was hesitant to go into such studies. I mean, you know, I can see that. You know, you're looking and, at... And, and I like that, his awareness of that, right? Because Gabriel's usually one who is right about everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But on this point, on the point of theology, he is very, very mindful that he that, is not a master, a not an expert, doesn't have that academic... Uh, credentials, mm -hmm. the full credentials behind his weight to, true. you know, so I think I thought that was interesting because I also think that's a show of his evolution. I think it's also a little bit of a, a nod and acceptance that he still is working to be more worthy. Mm -hmm. You know, I dug, I, I kind of put a lot into that. I probably read too much into it, but um, I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah, you I mean, know, I, I can understand. Thought. Like, yeah, and you can understand, you know, you, you want to be able to give a, a cohesive intelligence lecture on right. on the meanings of what Dante is writing. But at the same right. time, it, you, you, if you're not really immersed in the theological side of it, you don't want, you, you don't want to screw that up either. Right. And I think, you know, I think he's, and I think that's interesting because I feel like he would be very confident and he already had delivered lectures on love, right? The, mm -hmm, the, the mm -hmm. types of love. And mm -hmm. so he felt very confident talking about courtly love uh, evolving into romantic, you know, romantic and courtly. Mm -hmm. um, but as it evolved but into the love one should have for God and getting into theology, I think he, I, I think he also is trying to have the strongest lecture possible so mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. there won't be a lot of criticism i think he's also trying to to blunt that um yeah. as he's thinking about it yeah i, I don't know i just thought it was really interesting that he's kind of going well, through these well even his thought thoughts. process he's awake on christmas eve thinking of the vagarities of love devotion and salvation and all he loved are sleeping so you know he's Gabriel's looking at Julia and Claire as his his love, and where you know Dante may be looking at a different way. Exactly. And, and Dante had made promises to Beatrice, but had fallen short on those promises after her death. Uh, Gabriel had made promises both to Claire and Julia, and so how could he leave Massachusetts while while he was in Scotland? Uh, someone had invaded his home and their things and potentially left a threat behind. He could no more leave them than he could willingly tear out his heart. Uh, mm -hmm. I know he's in so, he's really having such a struggle here. Mm -hmm. And as um, Annette was noting, well, Betty started by saying, I wonder, first of all, uh, she thought that Gabriel probably was receiving a clock from you, Pam, for Christmas no. as a Christmas gift. You know, um, you know, just just because. Just because. She wondered if she wondered if Gabriel would ever attend Professor Elizabeth's religious seminar. I think that would be yes. I mm -hmm. do. Um, and Annette noted, uh, like we said, this is Gabriel's growth. He is more mindful now, mm -hmm. um, and he has that kind of self awareness. Floor noted, that's what I love about these characters in SR's books. There is so much depth in evolving themselves and in the stories, which is very true. Mm -hmm. Completely agree with you, Floor. Sure. So now he's his lecture, he's kind of left his lecture now, and he's thinking, you know, he's made that connection from the Dante and Beatrice of 
uh, Inferno to his real life Beatrice and the promises that he's made. And he's kind of really weighing on that, right? Mm -hmm. um, how could he leave? How could, how could he leave them unprotected? So he opened his email and he, his fingers danced across the keyboards, typing a letter. He kind of just got in this, you know, he had this, this, this feeling, this, this compulsion to have to, to write this. And I, I can see this on the screen too. I know I mm -hmm. say that every week, every week we talk about something. There's a point in the chapter that I could envision. Um, on film and he was typing the letter to the university council members of the University of Edinburgh and the body of the email spoke of the gratitude for the generous invitation for the sage lectures 2014 but that he would have to respectfully decline if there was a possibility to reschedule the lectures to a later date he would be most grateful he also apologized for the lateness of sending the email, but explained that his home and family were under threat and he would not be able to relocate for the academic year. He signed the email, sat back, reread it, and then closed his laptop. Mm-hmm. And Betty, so. you are so right. Somewhere in the world, Professor Pitton is screaming, <laughs> No! God swallowed! <laughs> and that's how the chapter ends. Yes. I mean, I, he's got a lot on his mind. Yeah. He really does. You know, he's, he's, he's worried about Claire and, and Julia being home in, in Massachusetts. If she can't get her courses changed over so that they can all go to Scotland together. And he's decided if they can't go, he's not going to go. And, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. a tough spot. Um, Betty is um, was praising. She said that was perfect, Pam. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's saying it makes sense to decline the invitation. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like I think it makes sense for him to, to, to have that draft. Right. But they're still pursuing other avenues. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm one of those. We got to try and find a way, work through six different channels to see what we can do. And and. And we do have to keep in mind that, you know, they're still trying to work through a way to have Julia be able to go. Right. And, and um, the thing is, is that Julia said that she'll, in her own time, she'll go back to speak with uh, Professor, uh, what's her name, Marietti? Cecilia. Cecilia, yeah. And then, you know. Yeah, that, and as Betty points out, that he also feels like it would be a missed opportunity for him. And Anna's like hitting send and his academic career is, is done. <laughs> Suicide. So he's he's got a lot to think about, as they both mm -hmm. do at this point. And that's noting he is putting his family first. Those mm -hmm. girls are his entire world and he needs to protect them first. <laughs> And mm -hmm. saying, oh, hell no, I'm Professor Picton. He cannot decline. Nope. <laughs> I, I also think it's interesting because they really haven't unleashed Catherine Picton on, into this scene. You know, mm -hmm. super our, 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 our Wonder Woman. 
Um, you know, Julia wants to kind of give it some time. She's going to try another approach with Cecilia, mm -hmm. which I thought was probably the right thing to do. Cecilia's still in her, you know, in her pride being hurt state. Right. And her jealousy was getting the best of her. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you know, you have that going on. You mm -hmm. have the Catherine Picton factor, and we already have seen throughout the, the other stories, the other books, that Catherine wields an incredible amount of weight. She does. In this, in this uh, academic uh, course of study and in this world of Dante specialists. And I honestly feel like if you unleashed her, she would be able to make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, Flora's laughing, <laughs> Anna. I can hear Professor Picton now. Um, Black Lab Lady also says this also shows his growth. Mm -hmm. In the past, he would have probably made a rash decision and hit the send button right off. At this point in time, he's ready to do whatever he needs to, but holds off for the moment. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good observation, Elena. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it does. It gives you a little sense of. You know, and, and, and also let's be true and honest here. He knows what an email can do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he knows the devastation an email can cause um, since they had to suffer through that. And we're going to see that on this film in less than three weeks. Oh I my know. gosh. <laughs> um, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it is going to be exciting. Anna saying Cecilia could have already been squashed like a bug by now if Julianne didn't want to think everyone is good. <laughs> You're right. I think you are right on that, Anna. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what direction this takes. Yes. Because um, we and, know, you know that it can go a lot of different directions. Well, and also they are in Sealand's Grove, so... You know, we haven't mentioned that, but the last time they were there, they were picking you know, up Catherine and the family. And... Yeah, but also they they had you know, the the they had the whole someone was watching them in the woods experience, mm -hmm. and that black car, mm -hmm. the black Nissan, was there. You know, so that has to be kind of in the very back of. Gabriel's mind too, you know, mm -hmm. uh, reinforcing the, I need to be on high alert. I need to protect my family mode. But he also, but he, but he also knew that that was part of Simon, that was Simon's thing. And that, you know, Simon's been taken Neutralized. care of, so to speak. This is true. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think it ends, I think it adds to that whole unsettling feeling. It does. It does. That he's having. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious too. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they wake up, you know, obviously it's Christmas Eve. So I have a feeling some of these heavier discussions are going to be pushed away because of the holiday. Absolutely. They usually are. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm sure Catherine will uh, combat that. I really think if Catherine knew he wrote that letter, she would be furious with him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, God. She, she, more, and murder him, I think. Mm-hmm. As Betty said, uh, yes, there's just too many incidents that would influence Gabriel to decline the invitation. 
he would never forgive himself if something happened to Julia and Claire. Mm -hmm. And um, that is true. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think he he really is trying to find a way to have them with him on the ground. And I'm sure they'll bring Rebecca because mm -hmm. she could help them out. And I think, wow, what a treat for Rebecca to be able to to go overseas and experience Edinburgh, you know? Right, right. Yeah, Annette's saying, yeah, Picton would be trying to kill Gabriel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that is like, thank fuck for Gabriel. <laughs> you mean for Catherine? Catherine, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Maybe. yeah. She's, she's, well, she's Wonder Woman. Absolutely. Um, and Betty noted, if Gabriel couldn't keep his family safe while he was with them, why would Gabriel think they would be safe without him? Very well, true. I, I, Gabriel would, would uh, I have a feeling Gabriel would think that, I can't, oh, I can't wait to see Claire start walking. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know I how know. they kids fall down? Oh, my gosh. Eight yes. baby having gonna, a fit. Gonna have I mean, a he doesn't even talk baby talk to her. Mm-hmm. Flora was noting, I agree, Betty, their family is top priority for him and their safety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Betty said, well, if Gabriel declines, I'm sure Paul would gladly accept the invitation. <laughs> I'm sure he would. I, I was thinking, though, too, that if, um, you know, if Gabriel, one thing that we haven't reminded ourselves about is they have or they're in the process of having their Boston home upgraded security wise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean they know the actual recommendation is for them to move because they're in a little bit in a vulnerable spot mm -hmm. uh, with the street access but they are going to have this top-notch security firm that nicholas uses helping to upgrade their security so i do feel like there should be some comfort in that um given the fact that Nic it's coming from nicholas mm -hmm. So. And Betty has noted that she did baby talk with her blessedness. No, she never did. Never did talk. it. I always, you know, I did. Jim used to get so mad at me. <laughs> I did too. I did both though. Yes. It wasn't all baby talk. No. You know, because you want them to be able to mimic you to learn how to say things correctly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that is sleaze paw will be at the Oh, my gosh. I love oh, it. goodness gracious, Grant. Anyhow. Well, uh, next week, we have a little bit of a celebration going on, don't we? We do. We do. Uh, Casia Santos's birthday is actually coming up. So we're going to just uh, celebrate her birthday next week. Yes. And then the her following week. celebration. Mm -hmm. And then the following week, SR is going to be on the podcast. So we can gush over the movie. Yes. Can you believe it? SR mm -hmm. will be coming the 20, what 24th. is it? The 26th. 26th. <laughs> you got to get that right. Saturday, <laughs> the 26th. Right. Is that right? So, yeah, yeah. So the 12th we'll be celebrating, or today's the 12th, right? Yeah. No, today's the 5th. No, today's the 5th. Wait, that date's wrong. We're wrong. I'm looking at the calendar now. Next, oh, actually, we do have an extra week in there, Pam. We do, we do. The Saint, 12th. St. Joseph's Day. 
Mm-hmm. St. Joseph's Day is the 19th. That's right. Because I, I know that because when the Catholic high school I went to, was uh, we had a boatload of St. Joe nuns, and uh, we always got the day off. <laughs> nice. Nice. So we would get the 17th off so we could go march in the parade and the 19th off. <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm looking in the chat box now. Oh, he's so, got mono. I'm so sorry. Yes, and a special hug to number 91. Or missing, He's missing playoff hockey because of mono. Oh, that's so disappointing and sad on both. Yeah, my sister had that in high school. <laughs> in, 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 one, in one respect, she was happy about it because she she went from like a normal size junior, whatever, to like a size five. She lost oh, so much weight with gosh. it. But um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really hard. It's it really, is. really it hard. Is. Flora saying, I agree. A little baby talk doesn't hurt nobody. <laughs> mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and uh, Ellie noted that, yeah, clear to children, but some of the little things that they wrong are cute. My, my my daughter, Maya, will be forever remembered for saying milk for milk and dick for stick. Yeah. We had... Um... Like my sister, she had words that she couldn't say. She couldn't say my name. Mm -hmm. She used to call me Pima because she couldn't say Pam. Aww. And then Patrick couldn't say elephants, so they were half lumps. <laughs> and uh, the, a friend of my mother, my mother loved this little kid. His name was um, Chris. And it was the son of one of her old friends from grade school. And... Uh, so every time she brought Chris over to the house, because um, she, she was like a rain, Chris was like a rainbow baby. Um, he didn't know how to say soda, so it was Sobe. And he didn't know how to say truck because his father was a, was a volunteer fireman, so he was on a fire truck, so the fire truck became Fruck. Oh. <laughs> I've heard twuck before, T.W. Mm -hmm. And Anna, everybody's sending really prayers and positive vibes for healing for your number 91. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's tough. As she noted, it's been brutal and sad that his season's cut short. At least his coaches have told him not to worry about tryouts, too, well, which is good. good. And that's, that's the right good. thing. The coaches know he needs to have that time for healing. Mm -hmm. But also reassure, reassure him that this is not going to knock him off the off the team in any right. way, right. or off of off of his his. You know, it's almost like having an injury or having any other kind of physical setback um, that they would give the time to heal, yeah. which is important. No, I re I remember my sister. Um, my mom and dad moved. We we had a spare. Well, we had a lot of spare bedrooms. We had a spare bedroom on the second floor. And they moved my sister into that bedroom while she was sick because it was just easier, especially with my mom, to get over to her. But I would rem I remember I would come home from lunch for lunch every day from work because my, my mom was crippled with, uh, with rheumatoid arthritis at that point in time in her life. 
and uh, she couldn't go up and down stairs and we didn't have a stair glide. And uh, I remember coming home from work every day at lunchtime so I could take her lunch to her. And I remember all her friends coming over all the time to sit with her and, you know, it was a tough time. It was tough. It's hard. That's really tough. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. But she was glad she went down to a size five. It's the only good thing she ever said that came out of it. Mm. Now, if you look at, and, and, and nowadays at our age, size five was like, huh? Did that fit my little finger? <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad she was able to yeah. recover, but that's, that's just, that's really knocks you out for a long while. It does. I think she was out I've of school for like six weeks. Yeah. I've had friends. I remember someone had to withdraw from a semester in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that happened to my cousin. Or Ellen. have inner or have a incompletes and then have to follow, you know, follow up and complete it. Anna's saying mm -hmm. no contact sports for at least six weeks. A spleen rupture, rupture worry. Nurse mm -hmm. um, dad works for Highmark from home, so he's nursing twenty four seven. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, I and remember the doctor the, uh, talking hugs about to his dad because that caregiving is yeah, it's intense. Yeah, I remember really the intense. My 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 father took my sister to the doctor when she was because um, it was weird. We had been away for the weekend at the shore at my uncle's house. And she just, with a couple of her friends, and she just wasn't feeling good when she came back. And my, they took her to the doctor. And, you know, my parents are like, mono, what the hell's mono? Of course, we all know it and always wanted it, the kissing disease. And uh, the doctor told her, told my dad that, you know, if, if, if she didn't take it easy, that she would, that her, she could rupture her spleen. So that put the uh, fear of God into my father. Well, that would do it for me. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you can't play around with your health. You really no. can't. No, you can't. So but we that, have good things coming. Yep, we do. And we got on a the podcast birthday and SR coming and the movie premiere and all kinds of fun stuff coming up. Yep. So I'm excited about it. Yes. And uh, remember, for those who joined later, we did put in the chat, SR is, um, since we are now in the season of Lent, and he always is very reflective at this time, mm -hmm. he is uh, reading, and he writes books, Surprised by Hope. Actually, I'll just repost this link. Okay. Um, I, I, I know you he's... can uh, look into this because um, he's going to be having a chat about it. Uh, mm -hmm. If you want to read along, he, um, you know, he also uh, mentions mentioned it in an email that uh, he, he he likes N.T. Wright. He's a biblical theologian and also a former Anglican bishop of Durham. Uh, he's an excellent writer, and I'm hoping to introduce him to a wider audience. I also thought the subject of hope would be inspiring for this year's Lenten season. Which right now we need all the hope hope we can get with everything going on in the world. So we do. I think SR is in tune with that, and I think yes. that's why he's. No, I read. I, I read that's a little why he's bit. Digging in. Uh, I read a little bit about this author, and he 
is compared in some circles to C.S. Lewis, mm. which I found fascinating. And he actually, he studied at Oxford and uh, he also worked in Canada, did some stuff in Canada and then went back to uh, uh, England. That's where he was, his, he was from. And uh, eventually ended up doing some stuff at Oxford and then going over to Durham, becoming the, the bishop. So, yeah, I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna download that. Yes, I'm gonna it, download it, that. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, both on audio. You could if you if you want to do the audio book, it's there. Uh, the Kindle, and um, the there is a hardcover and a soft cover for the book too. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. So lots of lots of things to contemplate. Um, mm-hmm. Lori's saying, uh, Lori actually, uh, Nanette rather said, SR has got me through a lot of a lot of through these last three few months. I know SR really a lot of his reading and writing helps uh, helps you get through. Amen, Pam. Flora said, so mm-hmm. much hope is needed with all that's going on. Lori's saying, I am reading the book. I think I needed it. My religion and faith has been confused in the last few years. Uh, you are not alone in that, Lori. No, not totally not alone. Um, Black Lab Lady said, it's an extra special bonus for me that SR is also a person of faith. It means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then and that said, he has helped me reflect when I think it's just hopeless. And, and you that know, I, I is like so true. I really like when SR pinpoints us to certain things because I know throughout my life I've I've um, been boxing with God. Yes. So and I still question and still box with God every now and then. So it's it's nice to read these things and be able to put some perspective into it. So yeah, I agree. Anyway. I agree. So something to pick up. Um, we'll keep you posted on when he's uh, going to do the chat. Uh, we've also had some discussion with him about coming on um, the show to do another, you know, he'll do his own chat online. Um, but we're probably going to have him on as well to do some reflection on this book. So And it would, it would be after the movie premiere and before, the, uh, before Easter, he said. Yeah, that's when his chat's going to be. Right. So so if you want to participate, you have a couple weeks to read the book. Mm-hmm. He'll and, be posting uh, some reflection on his reading this week on Sunday because he said he's mm-hmm. going to be posting every Sunday. Yeah, I think that'll be good. Flora's saying she started reading Saving Grace and it's an eye-opener to all things going on lately. I know we had also talked about discussing that book. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think maybe we'll move to a little bit later since since he's doing this right now. Mm-hmm. But I think we will have that on the docket. We have to maybe figure out a date for that, Pam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Betty said the boss is our own, very own spiritual guide. Um, and and uh, Anna said, I agree, Pam. The perpetrator priest threw me for a loop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Black Lab Lady said, we all have questions at times, Pam. I truly believe that is part of a healthy faith journey. I think it is, too. And and I I, I tend not to discuss my faith too much, um, only because I'm in a house where it's more evangelical than anything else. They're Roman Catholic, but it's more on the evangelical side. And to me, faith is personal. And 
so I don't discuss it too much. Well, and I think that's fine. You know, I think, I mm -hmm. think it is a personal, it's a personal part of you, of your being. And, you know, you can reveal or not reveal as much as you want about it. Exactly. Um, so I think that's, I think that's a healthy, you know, a healthy choice. Mm -hmm. And I think having discussions like this, um, surprised by hope, I think it would be, um, a good, you know, a good read and it can be, you can have all different perspectives coming from it. You don't have to be a Christian to read this book. You, no, you don't. It's as, you know, for, for all, for all faiths to contemplate. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, and I it's agree, funny. Black, black Love Lady, it's definitely a plus. SR is a person of faith. It's relatable and comforting. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I find fascinating is, is, uh, Phil, uh, Phil was born Jewish um, he's not really a practicing Jew per se. His family, a lot of his family members are. He's never been uh, bar mitzvahed. And I remember discussing this with his, uh, two of his nephews, who both have been bar mitzvahed, about the possibility of having him bar mitzvahed, if that's what he would like to do. And, and he said, no, nah, I don't need that. I don't need that. So, I, you know, it's, it's funny how people's faith and how they go about practicing their faiths. So. Anyhow. It is very interesting. Yeah. So I And am... it, again, it goes to your point of being personal. Right. And, you know, I think it's great. So this will be a great discussion point. Look for the reflection tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, if he, he, he may be posting tomorrow, I'm not 100% sure. But keep your eye open. And, um, you know, this has just been... Um, as always, I enjoy talking about all things SR with you guys mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for you, especially during this, like I said, uh, challenging, these challenging time times and, you know, just saying prayers for everyone's safety mm -hmm. um, yeah. in all forms. And, um, and, and as, as Lori said, everyone's walk is their own. That's right. Yes. So I am going to leave us with a little Leslie Gore this morning. Lovely. It's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> so have a great week, everybody. We'll talk next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Like a queen with her king.